and I said, this is not what I'm called to do. I can't do this. This is hard. And then that little voice says, try one more time. And so I did, and the words just started flowing. And it's been that way ever since. Of course, God has a plan, and things are in His timing. But still you think, if that teacher would have encouraged me and said, hey, I see some talent here, then maybe I could have started writing a lot younger. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a Writer's Day podcast. I'm so glad to have you here today. I think you are in for a real treat because we are going to be talking to best-selling author Nancy Mel about her new book. And it was so fun talking with her. We have so much in common. The love of studying serial killers and the FBI and the FBI process of catching killers and so much more. It was such a treat to chat with her today. So I'm just going to get right into it uh, so that you can enjoy this time I spent with best-selling author Nancy Mel. She is the author of almost 50 books. Wow. A Parable bestseller, as well as the winner of an ACFW Book of the Year Award, a Carol Award, and many other awards. Nancy Mel joins me today to talk about her newest book. I'm sure it's going to be a bestseller that follows all her other bestselling books. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax, as we listen to best-selling author Nancy Mel talk about her new book, Cold Pursuit. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. My pleasure. I'm honored. So why don't you tell my listeners, maybe the two people out there who don't know about you, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> I think there's more than two, but... <laughs> Well, I'm a wife, a mother, a grandmother. I have two wonderful grandsons. Um, besides writing, um, I like to do embroidery, antiquing, and I used to like to go to yard sales, but I found that as you get older, you start getting rid of things, not adding more things. So, <laughs> so that's changed a little bit. Now I just go to find something to replace something else. That's about it. As far as writing, I've been writing about 25 years now. Um, I have over 50 books uh, in print and have sold just about a million. Wow. So it's, uh, and it's funny because I, I always have people ask me, well, do you ever get writer's block or do you just come up against a wall? And you know, rarely, <laughs> it just, I don't know. I've never really had that problem. So yeah, I should probably not say that because that's, yeah. probably, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the worst thing I could have just done. But anyway, I just, I really enjoy writing. Oh, that's great. Have you always been a writer, you know, even when you were little or? No. Well, I'm going to kind of, let me, let me explain that. Uh, I I did not know as I grew up that I was going to be a writer. In Mm -hmm. fact, it never entered my head. When I was little though, from the time I could even begin to read, I loved books and I read all the time. I would go to the library at school and check out five or six books, take them home and get under the covers at night with a flashlight and Mm -hmm. read every single one before the next morning. Now I talk about, I I say I I didn't write, but I did. I wrote one book when I was about seven called Danny Goes to the Circus. My brother's name was Danny. 
it was written on lined college ruled paper and I did the <laughs> illustration. So, you know, it couldn't have been too good. <laughs> I did that cute. just for fun, but I never, I never thought about being a writer. And in fact, when I was in high school, I wrote a lot of poetry, you know, the teenage angst poetry that so many of us did. Um, and I, I uh, did a, a project in school. My teacher in English had asked us to write three poems. And so I did that. And when they were all turned in, she got up in front of the class and read everybody's poems, not saying who wrote them. She read mine and she said that she was sure she'd heard them somewhere before. So she actually accused me of plagiarism in front of my entire class. And that just kind of made me stop writing altogether. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s, um, I had heard, uh, it, actually, it was a Bible teacher was talking about how to find what you're called to do. And she said, go back to your childhood and think about what you did naturally. And that could tell you, you know, what it is, you know, what your calling is. And so I did that. I had a friend who said that didn't work because she made mud pies and she wasn't really going to grow up to be a baker. So this doesn't always work. But anyway, <laughs> I went back to my love of books and I thought about that teacher. And that was the first time it occurred to me that maybe she said that because my poems were good. And maybe I was supposed to be a writer. And that compiled, also combined with Murder, She Wrote, which I loved. And I thought, I think I could be Jessica Fletcher, but without the high body count, you know, that was always <laughs> around her. And so that was the first time in my 40s I thought, I wonder if I'm supposed to write. And uh, I, I was at work one day. I worked at a bank back then. And I decided to try to see, what you know, if I could write a book. Now, you you laugh because I know, you know, you're an author and, you know, try to write a book and that's just <laughs> ridiculous. But anyway, I, I got to the third page and I said, this is not what I'm called to do. I can't do this. This is hard. And then that little voice says, try one more time. And so I did. And the words just started flowing. And it's been that way ever since. So oh, it took wow. me all that time. But, you know, you think back like, of course, God has a plan and things are in his timing. But still, you think if that teacher would have encouraged me and said, hey, I see some talent here, then maybe I could have started writing a lot younger. But like I say, maybe I wasn't supposed to back then. You never know. But uh, that's how I knew in my 40s. Oh, wow. That is amazing. <laughs> and you and I have a lot in common. I did. I used to read the Henry Higgins books in bed. And when my mom oh, yeah. would say... Yeah, she'd say, time to turn out the light and go to sleep. And I'd say, okay. And then I'd read it with my flashlight. Oh, that's, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Right? I know they probably stuck their heads in once in a while and saw our <laughs> covers glowing and figured, you know, <laughs> something's going on in here. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also wrote poetry in high school. I didn't dabble with stories, but I wrote a few poems and won a, yeah. like a contest or something my senior year. And wow. my English teacher thought, oh, you should go into poetry. And I was like, no, no, no. It was a one-time <laughs> thing. Trust me. <laughs> Never well, I actually years thought about being a writer. And I love poetry, but I'm with you. I just don't think that's, you know, that's not what I'm called to do. But yeah. I have a daughter-in-law. She's a, a writer, but she writes the most incredible poetry. Mm. And when I read her poetry, I thought I was just a hack. <laughs> 
Right. I, I could not even come close. I, to what me she too. Could do. <laughs> I, yeah, it was a one time thing. And exactly. I don't even know how I impressed that teacher, but I truly <laughs> admire people who can do that. It's just an amazing talent. Oof. Oh, I know. I know. And she brings that, um, just this beauty of words, mm-hmm. you know, she brings that into her writing. And I'm not so sure that I have that. I think my writing is different than that. It's a little more, oh, to the point, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Although I love finding a really powerful phrase to use, but uh, I just, I don't have that kind of talent she has. So yeah, I think I I'm where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I. me too. And I think with all your readers, I think you are where you're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> But it's funny because I didn't publish my first book till I was in my 40s as well. Isn't that funny? Oh, wow. We have so much in common. As you were Absolutely. telling me your story, I thought, oh, my goodness, we are definitely. Wow. Yeah, I never in a million years thought I would do it. But I finally uh, went back to school to get my degree in my late 30s. And one of my teachers inspired me. And oh. so I just started writing and writing. And in 2011, the book came out. So, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, Good so for you. have a lot in common. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. <laughs> well, so now tell us about Cold Pursuit. Well, um, I'll read you the back the back cover copy. How's that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than what I could come up with on the wing or so. All right, ex-FBI profiler River Ryland still suffers from PTSD after a case went horribly wrong. Needing a fresh start, she moves to St. Louis to be near her ailing mother and opens a private investigation firm with her friend and former FBI partner, Tony St. Clair. They're soon approached by a grieving mother who wants them to find out what happened to her teenage son who disappeared four years ago. River knows there's almost no hope the boy is still alive, but his mother needs closure, and River and Tony need a case, no matter how cold it might be. But as they follow the boy's trail, which gets more complicated at every turn, they find themselves in the path of a murderer, determined to punish anyone who gets in his way. As River and Tony race to stop him before he kills again, an even more dangerous threat emerges, stirring up the past that haunts River and plotting an end to her future. Wow. That is intriguing. First of all, I love that name, River Ryland. Where did you get that from? Well, the name River came from, I'm a Doctor Who fanatic. And so I got the name River from uh, River, what's her last name? (laughs) (laughs) Just went blank. From River in Doctor Who. And uh, Ryland just sounded like it fit with that. And yeah, I, I just, I love the name. What now, obviously, story? because of her age, she couldn't have, her mother couldn't have gotten the the uh, name River from Doctor Who. So <laughs> I went back and said that her father picked the name from the River of Life in the Bible. Oh, nice. That's clever. So is this the genre <laughs> that you felt, you know, called to write? Have you always written just this genre? When I started out writing, I wrote just straight mystery. Mm. And I had about three uh, books published with smaller publishing houses. And then um, my agent told me about a, a publisher, a larger publisher, who was doing a cozy mystery book club. And so I did a proposal for them, and they gave me a contract. So I wrote cozy mystery. I think there were about, I think, 
seven, wow. at least seven books I wrote for them. And then um, my writing took a strange turn. <laughs> my publisher, I cannot really explain how this happened. Well, I kind of can, but my publisher uh, asked me if I would do suspense and if I would do Old Order Mennonite suspense. Because they had um, someone writing for them at that time who wrote Amish uh, novels, and she has a contract for she could she's the only person who can write Amish for that particular publisher. So I said, sure, you know, as an author, if you get a chance for a contract, you go sure. And the whole time I'm thinking, what is Old Order Mennonite suspense? <laughs> and thankfully. It was close to Amish, and so I had to do research. I actually went to a town in Kansas that had a museum mm -hmm. about the old order Mennonites that had come to Kansas and met a wonderful lady who helped me and, and taught me so much. And the, the really interesting thing about it, even though it seems strange, is that, you know, when you write uh, a book like Suspense or Mystery, you have the good side and the bad side. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the background with the Amish or in this case, Mennonites, that's the good side right there. So you have that good versus evil already set up for you. Mm -hmm. And it really was not that hard to write once I got into it. Uh, but I wasn't sure I wanted to stay there forever. So little by little, I went to another publisher and then little by little, um, we started moving the Mennonite part back. And I'm not even Mennonite, by the way, so that's how odd <laughs> this was. <laughs> so, and we moved the suspense up. And then uh, from, I think, the first pure suspense no novels I did for them uh, were based on the U.S. Marshals. Mm. And then um, I'd always wanted to, I was very interested in FBI profilers. Uh, Red Mine Hunter and a whole bunch of books. Me too. There's something else we have in common. Oh, my gosh. We are sisters from another mother. Yes, I mean, I always feel like I'm a weirdo for that. But no, I love that stuff, too. Well, and so then I got the chance to do it. And the funny thing about it, the very first book I wrote that had to do with the FBI, and actually it's called the Behavioral Analysis Unit, BAU, mm -hmm. uh, I was called Mind Games. And I thought I just you know, had it nailed. And then uh, thanks to Lynette Eason, who was just a doll, she mm -hmm. introduced me to someone she used uh, for her books, um, Drew Wells, who is uh, a retired uh, behavioral analyst for the a for the FBI. And she looked, took a look at mind games and said, no, 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 this is all wrong. <laughs> and oh, so no. I had to rewrite the book. And she was there, though, for every book I did and walking me through it and uh, teaching me, you know, this won't work and that won't work. And this is how we really do things. And we would never do it this way. And oh, the acronyms. I'm telling you what mm. I about fainted. <laughs> it is the FBI is nothing but acronyms. Everything, everything <laughs> is, you know, this this unit does this and this unit does that over here and over there. And so it was just, it was really something, but we made it through. And uh, so I think I've done, um, I did, let's see, I don't even know how many books I've written in that crazy. <laughs> I've done three uh, series. So that's nine books with the FBI. And I just signed a contract for uh, a new series 
And I have actually in this series, I'm going to be bringing back a character, which, you know, you rarely get to do in Christian fiction. And um, the other main character is a novelist. And I've always wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. And that's how it, how it started and where I am now. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, this story sounds so fascinating. So tell us a little bit about the inspiration for this. Did you know someone who suffers from PTSD or? Well, I, I did research that part. But what really started me on this, um, do you know who Karen Ball is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was posting on Facebook one day. And she brought up a condition called synthesthesia. And I thought it was so interesting. And what it is, it, it's a condition where the person who suffers from it, their senses are all confused. Mm. In other words, like they might, uh, they might see a color and smell an aroma. Or they might hear a word and see a color. It, you know, it's just, it mixes up the senses. And I thought that is so intriguing. So I started thinking about a villain who has this condition and also has some other uh, mental situations going on mm -hmm. who would make a really unique serial killer. And that's how it started me on the whole idea. Mm -hmm. So then I brought in my uh, two profilers and I had them uh, lured to a spot next to the Salt River in Phoenix, Arizona, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and attacked by the Salt River Strangler. And this is where River, uh, her experiences left her with PTSD. And Tony was shot four times, so he had physical disabilities after this happened. So then they decided to leave. Uh, well, River had to, but Tony decided to leave the FBI. Uh, and since River's mother was uh, had Alzheimer's, she lived near St. Louis. They just moved to St. Louis and started their their investigation firm. So it just went it went from that one uh, interest in synthesia to the rest of the plot. Oh wow, yeah. that's like expert level story development right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I hope so. <laughs> And this will probably make you laugh, too. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, so I know exactly what you're talking about, the Salt River. <laughs> I saw that when I, I was looking you up, and I saw that, which I thought was so funny. Isn't I lived, funny? Well, I lived in Scottsdale two mm -hmm. times, and then in Phoenix another time. My dad lived in Scottsdale, and so I went out there um, when I was in the fourth grade. We lived there for a year. And then my parents got divorced and my dad stayed in Arizona. So I went back another year in my last year of high school and I lived there. And then I moved there one more time when I was 18. So I have been there. Wow. <laughs> and and my brother neat. lived there too. So yeah, so I'm, I'm acquainted with it. And you guys, <laughs> it's too hot. Okay. Oh, it's yes. just too hot. Too hot. <laughs> Tell me about it. Ugh, we're just starting our summer adventure. And when people think of the Salt River, trust me, it's not a raging river. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, well, I used it in a, a bad way. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that won't offend you, but no, not at all. I <laughs> know exactly. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly <laughs> how because there's been a lot of mysteries about that river. 
a lot of murder mysteries oh, I imagine. in that area. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, when I lived there, great. people mm-hmm. used to people used to tell me that well, in Arizona, it's a dry heat. <laughs> I would say, "Are you insane? If I walk into an oven, it may be dry, but it's still really hot. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd rather have the humidity. I mean, we were out there, it was like 110 degrees. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, your hair won't get messed up because of humidity. It'll get messed up because you're sweating like yeah. crazy. <laughs> Either sweating. way, your yeah, hair is going right. to get messed up. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, this has been fun. So what is next for Nancy Mao? Well, um, I have the second book in this series coming out sometime next year. I don't even know. Okay. Okay. And I'm right. I'm writing the third one right now. And then when that's done, then I'll start on the new series I talked about. And that's bringing back uh, Kaylee Quinn from Mind Games and uh, pairing her up with the author um, that I talked about. Oh, so fantastic. That's, I can't wait to get to that. I'm very excited to write that. Oh, that's great. We love it when authors are excited to start that next project. Woohoo! <laughs> your, your fans are excited, too. <laughs> well, I hope so. It's Absolutely. nice when we are, you know, when it's it's not just something you have to get done, but you really are excited to to get into something and it it inspires you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And how can listeners uh, catch up with you? Are you on social media or I'm on Facebook. I have a regular page and a fan page. And then also they can go to my website, which is nancymel.com. And uh, if they want to send me a message, uh, they can do that through there. They can also see what's going on with my books and um, what's coming up. Fantastic. So listeners, be sure you go and visit Nancy's website to learn more about her upcoming projects. And I'm sure they can sign up for your newsletter, right? Absolutely. I would appreciate that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We authors love it when you sign up for our newsletters because we want to keep in touch with you. Yeah. We want to hear back from you and keep in touch with you. So be sure you go and visit. And Nancy, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with me today. Well, it was fun. Thank you, Ruth. Wow, wasn't that great listening to Nancy talk about her amazing story, the research she does, and why she got into writing this genre. She's truly inspired me to give this genre uh, a shot. I do have a story, and so I'm going to try and work it out because she has inspired me. What I love about Nancy is her persistence. I mean, her writing career did not happen overnight. So just know that it takes some persistence, but it can happen. So keep going forward on your writing journey, one step at a time. Remember, someone out there needs to read your story. And until next time, God bless.